But I'm so low key, I'm an anonymous key that I left no trace. But when I step one foot in the room, I'ma set the pace. I feel like king of the hill when they never gonna take my What is going on, everybody? Happy Tuesday. This is the second week of 2024 of the brand new wrestling new year. And of course, I am your host, Dylan, from the Last Week of Wrestling podcast, the best podcast out of Long Island. That's what MJF says. That's what MJF says. That's not what I'm saying, but I'm going to agree with it. Absolutely. Uh, Nonetheless, of course, we are here back with another brand new episode. And this time we're talking about the independent scene itself. We're going to be talking about New Japan, some TNA, and maybe even some local independent shows as well, mixed into all of that, ROH, and so much more. But of course, I can't do these podcasts by myself because no one would probably want to listen. Nobody would probably want to come by and hang out with me. So of course, I got to get the best of the best guests. And I picked up another one, my guy who was on all of the amazing watch-alongs that we do here on the channel, plus pay-per-views and so much more. My guy, Leo from Kicking It With Leo. Leo, how are you, buddy? I mean, I am feeling very good. I mean, I've been looking forward to this all week. I'm very excited to talk wrestling, so I'm, I'm here. Awesome, Absolutely. awesome. And, of course, I am so happy to have you on as well as, of course, this stream, besides streams, besides podcasts, besides watch-alongs, we are partnered with the good folks over at the Main Event Network as well as NordVPN. But we'll get to them a little bit later on into the show itself. My guy, we have a lot to talk about here because besides all the craziness that's happening right now as we speak on Twitter with Tony Khan and Jinder Mahal, which we'll probably touch upon a little bit later on in the show, we'll kind of get through all the fun topics and everything before we get into the nonsense drama that is TK and the Twitter War of 2024. Uh, But we have a lot to talk about here, my guy, just in independent wrestling itself there's going to be so much stuff coming up we just had some of course new japan's brand new uh wrestle kingdom 18 that just happened last week as well as new year dash we got another pay-per-view from uh new japan coming up but besides that at wrestle kingdom we saw none other than nick nemeth aka or fka Dolph Ziggler, and of course in MLW, and just had his first win in MLW against Jacob Fatu, my guy, Matt Riddle. Unbelievable. Of course, that is going to be the first starting point of our show tonight. Dude, this is crazy. I mean, Matt Riddle, Mm -hmm. of course, a whole slew of WWE talent was let go last year at some point. Had to sit with that 90-day clause, meaning that they can't leave. They can't go and do other work anywhere else. So that means that they have to just sit home, kind of chill out, figure out their next move, strategize, figure out where they could land coming 2024. And Riddle didn't hesitate because, of course, his debut, he decided to challenge none other than Tanahashi one-on-one and... Nick yeah. Namath or Nemeth, I forget how you pronounce it, but those two went at it and had a lot to say after he attacked none other than David Finley after that amazing triple threat match with John Moxley and uh, Will Ospreay for the New Japan title itself. 
Um, but yeah, man, I can't believe it myself. Like Lamar just said, wait, Riddle is still wrestling. Yeah, he's still wrestling he and he's still looking good. Not for nothing. He looked really good. I caught up on that MLW fight between him and Jacob Fatu. I've been seeing a lot of clips on YouTube as well as Twitter and TikTok. But my guy, let's get into it, man. Riddle, Ziggler, in New Japan, MLW. What is what are some of your first impressions? I mean, it, it's just it's very cool to see just like how far these guys have come since leaving the WWE. We know that how talented that they are. And like now that they're actually able to kind of go out there and show it on a different level than what they were used to having in WWE. Like you see someone like Dolph Ziggler, like the guy has been in the company for many years in WWE. And, you know, he's put everything, everything he's gotten, he's tried to put 110% in. No matter if he didn't agree with it, he still went out there and tried to make it work. And I've always, and I even said, and I called it, when he left, I said, watch, he's going to show up in, in, in New Japan. And he did. And I'm very excited to see what he is able to do outside of the WWE umbrella because this is something new for him. Um, we know Matt Riddle is somebody who's been on the indies. He's been in in the the, the octagon and the UFC and all that type of stuff. So now it, it's one. Of, it, it really sucks because WWE did let go two of the best talents that they had. You had somebody that's reliable and you know Dolph Ziggler, and you have somebody who had the opportunity and the potential to be a main event star for you guys. And now he's on tearing up on the Indies and he's going to be doing other things. I, I, I feel like it's just going to be a big get for the companies that they are a part of in new Japan and MLW. Yeah, no, absolutely. Me too. I mean, you know, riddle X United States champion tag team champion with none other than the legend killer himself. Randy right. Orton, RK bro was a huge tag team uh, team itself just in wwe unfortunately that disbanded due to injuries and everything else i know there's been a lot of conversations with matt riddle in particular due to some of his outside of the wrestling world uh antics and behavior you know there was this big thing about him at the laguardia airport here in new york uh with a police officer that was there in a specific incident and that was trending and a lot of people were, you know, saying a lot of negative things about the situation and not really figuring out if that was a true thing that was happening. Mm -hmm. And it seemed like it was a very 50, 50 situation um, as well as, you know, we've seen riddle before that departure from WWE, not having such a, a good comeback to an end in his little farewell tour of the WWE. Yeah. You know, there was a couple of matches that he definitely showed out and showed up for, but there was a couple more that were more key that didn't really show his great in-ring ability as a WWE superstar. And like you said, you know, a former UFC uh, competitor, a fighter, that does play a little bit of an advantage game for someone like Riddle who uses not only just his ground game work capability, but his very quick ring everything. It makes him more of a uh, versatile player when it comes to wrestling. Not a lot of other 
wrestling um, superstars have that type of capability. Normally, they pick a certain lane or they factor in certain other move sets and other things to try to figure out where exactly they're going to match up to the opponent that they're facing one-on-one. But Riddle, it was sometimes this like back and forth and sometimes very quick offense as well as decent defense back and forth when going up against opponents. And, you know, it's definitely going to use more of that skill, I feel like, well, in New Japan. You know, New Japan is more of a authentic, more realistic, actual type of wrestling. They don't really hold back with the gimmick matches like us over here in AEW and WWE do. Like there's a lot more realism when it comes to something of a new Japan style performance, you know, real wrestling does actually happen. And many people say in new Japan compared to a WWE standard. And I think that might play more onto riddles capability of an in-ring real performer that he once was as a UFC star. So that's very exciting. And that could be very um, lucrative for him going up against someone like the president now of New Japan, the brand new president, Tanahashi, Mm -hmm. which is crazy enough to say that he's going to be facing (laughs) the guy that runs the damn show in New Japan for a title opportunity down the road, you know, Battle of the Valley's coming up, and he looks to be in a tag match. His mystery partner, yet not yet uh, called out or really mentioned about. So we'll see what happens when we get closer to that, which is also this Saturday. Besides, of course, TNA, which we'll get to a little bit later on in the show. But let's talk about Dolph now for a little bit. Nick Naiman. Yeah. Of course, there was a big thing that came out on Twitter from Fightful. I'm going to pull it up here for everybody. And uh, I'm going to pull it up here for myself so I can read it a little bit better. But uh, Nick Nemeth talks about showing up in New Japan. And he goes, I heard so many different things from Ambrose, a.k.a. John Moxley, and different guys saying, you need to see what the locker room feels like. You need to see uh, being here. I was like, man, I wonder if, can I adapt to this? I feel like I can adapt to anything. Can I? You do a little homework and bounce around and you go. This would be something really special. I've made a career out of famously saying I don't watch wrestling. I hate it. I was usually joking. I just hated what I was doing. And you couldn't really critique it at home. So I go, I hate wrestling. But you get a moment of one, I can be a part of something special. And that was taken from the Busted Open radio podcast with Bubba Ray Dudley and them. And of course, as we're reading this here from, of course, Fightful who reported it, you know, this is, this is kind of Dolph saying, look, you know, I've been in this WWE bubble for such a long time and I have made a mark and a huge name for myself in WWE. So stepping out of a WWE ring and WWE wrestling style might be something I have to learn to adapt to, but I mean, the man is a seller. Like we, we can sit here and talk about how amazing of a gift it is just to sell finishers, signatures, moves that might not look as dangerous or as painful as they once were. But for someone like him, it can be all of that and more. So we'll go right back to you there, Leo. Like, what was your first initial thought? when you saw Nick Nemeth in New Japan, and of course, that crazy, crazy after-the-match 
press conference with, of course, David Finley holding the brand new belt. And then all of a sudden, yeet, there goes Nick Nemeth going at him, <laughs> waiting and trying to take off his fucking head and say, you know what? I think it's time for me to finally get the belt that I know I deserve. I mean, Dolph Ziggler, he, like he he's good at everything he does, you know, and I think he doesn't really he's one of those guys that just doesn't get the credit like everybody else does. Like, you know, and one thing with him, it, I feel like he's like example, like some wrestlers who are who come through the WWE umbrella, they can they can be good. But I feel like they don't reach their full potential because I feel like they probably would thrive in other another scenario or another company because they would be less scripted and you can feel more authentic and being more of themselves. And Dolph Ziggler, for everything he's accomplished, don't get me wrong, he has accomplished a lot in his career, you know, in WWE, you know, from becoming a U.S. champion, Intercontinental champion, tag team champion, Money in the Bank winner, you know, world champion. He's done a lot of things than then you would, you know, you would give yourself credit for. It, but just to think, it was shocking to see that he he left. But he even he even went on and say said himself like he wanted to leave. You know, he wanted to leave and kind of go elsewhere. And when when you really think about it, you know, he knows his worth at the end of the day. He knows that he still has a lot that he wants to offer to the wrestling business. He knows that he still has more that he might want to accomplish. And that promo he cut. Literally at New Japan, Wrestle Kingdom, bro, I literally was marking, I got goosebumps because this is the Dolph Ziggler that I wish we would have gotten to see in WWE. Like, this is the Dolph Ziggler I feel like a lot of fans can buy into being a main eventer. I think that a lot of fans would want it to get behind, but, you know, he was just watered down every time he was on the precipice of, you know, being a potential main eventer or something big happening, he would get brought right back down time and time again only to build himself up from you know him getting himself over with the money in the bank stuff that or you know the whole survivor series 2014 angle or you know him mixing up with triple h in 2016 or the the promo that he had with with um the miz during that intercontinental championship reign he's had his different moments where he has shined through but the problem is they never capitalized on it. So now seeing him in a different scenario in a new environment where I feel like he's going to be less scripted, he's going to be more authentic, more genuine. He, I feel like it's just a, a great thing for him because he's going to be something very interesting that a lot of people are going to be keeping their eyes uh, close to their screen for. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think he hit it right on the head. You know, this is more of an authentic type of wrestling style. This is this is a little something out of his wheelhouse in a in a sense, but you know, being coached by people like John Moxley, Dean Ambrose, and of course Will Ospreay and now being that superstar that's not locked in to a contract that has to stick with one company like WWE does with their superstars. Now that gives him free range, like Mustafa Ali. He's now coming to House of Glory over here in Queens, March 2nd, to wrestle in House of Glory, Day of Reckoning. Like that itself, we never thought is possible for ex-WWE stars unless they finished out their contract and still had that potential in them to wrestle and continue on. But seeing Dolph now have that ability to just go back and forth and go back and forth to different promotions and learn 
from different other well-capable men and, and, you know, uh, veterans in this game, it's nice. It's really great and refreshing to see because now his ability is just going to get so much better. His, his ring yeah. capability and awareness is so much better now. Having him versus maybe Mustafa Ali and Matt Riddle at a House of Glory and at MLW at a New Japan now is possible. Now it's possible. Him going to TNA and working with all the greats that are over there as well, the Tommy Dreamers, Kit Sabians, the Kushidas of the world now. That's exciting. That yeah. really is that new breath of fresh air that we as wrestling fans want. We want our favorite superstars to intermingle with all these other great superstars, men and women from other promotions to get matches that just absolutely shatter the the realm of unfathomable opportunities. And if that's possible with something like New Japan or MLW or House of Glory or CZW or anything in between, then let's get it. You know what I mean? Let's do it. Let's get them right there in the action. And like like Noah, my guy said, he goes, hey, guys, still a bit sick, but would have loved to join. As far as Nemeth's World uh, Wrestle Kingdom debut, loved it. And the interviews, too. Nick is at Nick is in the peak of underrated greatness. Absolutely, Absolutely. well, well spoken. And of course, Lamar with a great, great comment here. I wish that I wish that was a match in WWE, but the fact that they are still wrestling and doing what they love is all that matters. And that is 100% right. And of course, Main Event Network itself says, it's nice to see some of these former WWE guys dip their toes into New Japan. Exactly. And I think that's another big statement but now like let's let's talk about this for a little bit like look at will osprey a well-known yeah. name in new japan now coming to aew and signing a contract with aew starting in just a month roughly before of course revolution which will be his debut match like that itself is so exciting to get behind and being like holy shit this could be something that's unbelievable. Now we have Adam Copeland and Will Ospreay matches and our possible future Kushida and Will Ospreay and our possible future people going over from New Japan or New Japan coming over to AEW in our near future is unbelievable. Even TNA, we're going to possibly be seeing more Will in TNA while he's an AEW superstar. That yep. itself is so exciting. That that forbidden door that Tony has talked about is possible with opportunities like this from other more professional promotion, but still with that indie feel and indie base around it. I think it's very exciting, and I'm very excited to see what is next because there's a lot here that for both of these guys' careers is just going to skyrocket. This is a brand new chapter for people like you know, Dolph Ziggler, Matt Riddle, Mustafa Ali, even people like Top Dollar, like all of the men and women that were let go now have a brand new start, a brand new set of eyes on a brand new fresh coat of paint in a business that's willing to work with them and take the time to really individualize their needs and wants to be a top performing athlete. And I think that itself is so awesome. And I'm so excited to see what's next. You know, there's a lot of talks that Top Dollar is coming to TNA. I want to get, I want to hear from you. Is that some place that you could see someone like Top Dollar come over now as AJ Francis? 
I mean, I think it definitely can work. I mean, I off the bat when I first heard the possibility, like it, it just shows you like how crazy the world of wrestling is because you can be in one company one day and then in a different company the next. It just shows you like how far not even just the indie scene of wrestling, but all different aspects of wrestling from WWE, TNA, AEW, MLW, whoever you watch has evolved. And wrestling is continuing to evolve. It's going to forever evolve. So it's one of those things, like for me, I wouldn't be against it. It's just that the problem is, it's like, you know, the where would he best fit? You know, would he fit in the X Division title scene? Would he fit in the main event scene? Would he, uh, you know, kind of, flop a little bit here and there, you know, between, because I, at first when he was let go, I was, you know, saying, you know, maybe he just shows up in AEW because his former friend and uh, buddy, um, Swerve Strickland is there and maybe he can serve as like a bodyguard or maybe, you know, mix it up with some type of scenario there. But I mean, I wouldn't be upset if he were show up to TNA because I think TNA is going to try to make this a big year for themselves. And I think we're starting to see it. As of right now, within the first week, technically, of like 2024, and now we're on the precipice of TNA Hard to Kill this Saturday, and they're going to try to make that as big deal as well. So I wouldn't be uh, be against it. Yeah, no, again, awesome, awesome. I love I love hearing that, absolutely, because, yeah, you know, um, they had many opportunities at WWE creatively. It just didn't seem to land the way that they wanted it to land especially AJ it seemed like they kept uh dropping the ball with him and that whole group itself there was that moment where him and Bray Wyatt and of course Uncle Howdy was going to have this whole drawn out thing and maybe it could have led to something like where we're at now with AOP and now Karrion Cross. but you know unfortunately that just it just didn't land it just wasn't in the cards for someone like AJ Francis. And because of that now, you know, he now is a free agent, but I mean, he's seemingly happy about this. He seems to be very excited about this new chapter of what's to come for him going forward with the whole, Oh, well, if it WWE is not where I'm going to make it, that's fine because I could go to MLW. I could go to new Japan. I could go to old Japan. I could go to HOG. I could go to Creative Pro. I can go to MLW, you know, wherever. And, yeah. uh, you know, be able to really succeed in such a bigger platform, even though for many of the people that are just fans of one product may not think that that's a big platform. But in a way, it is still a big platform. They're still making yeah. money. They're still being able to do their dreams and wrestle and, and entertain fans and become new fans of new fans itself. So I think all of that is a really good step forward for people like him and everybody else. And the, especially the ones that weren't utilized correctly, that were really not pushed to their full potential and everything and just kind of lollygagged around in the back room and given opportunities that just wasn't landing, wasn't sticking, wasn't really yeah. moving that needle forward and stuff. So very excited to see what's next and, and, Hopefully all these guys and gals, because we know Dana Brooke is also a part of this release and everything. And let's talk about her briefly before we hop over to the next segment. I know you're a big fan of her, yeah. um, you know, and I'm a number one fan, Mr. <laughs> Mr. Brooke himself. You know, Mr. Brooke, Dana's <laughs> husband over here, uh, my guy. But uh, yeah, like what, what do you think is that next step 
for Dana, I know you said TNA because they have such a solid women's division and they really take time and effort and energy to really build their women's division. I mean, look at this knockout uh, match that we have. We have seven or eight ladies going at each other come this Saturday for Hard to Kill. And I mean, these women are ready to go for this title. So, like, let's let's talk about it. What do you think is the correct spot for someone like Dana Brooke? I I mean, I've always said this. It's like, I feel like she always worked so hard, like, to try to make everything work. Even if it wasn't the best, like, the 24 title stuff, she tried to make it work. And I've actually been a fan of her, like, kind of a little bit before she kind of, you know, stepped on Debbie because she was doing, you know, like, the – um the powerlifting, the bodybuilding, and stuff like that. So that's kind of how I got introduced to her before she got introduced to WWE. But I do think TNA is the place for her. I feel like the TNA uh, knockouts division, they devote time to the women weekly. All of the women that you usually see in the knockouts division are used weekly. It's not where you see them one week and then they're gone for a couple months at a time. They're used consistently. And, and if you look, if you think about it, I, this might sound like a prediction that kind of is. I do think we already kind of have the lineup set for the knockouts uh, division for that uh, X division um, um, match that they're doing, which is kind of like a ladder match. I wouldn't be surprised if they were at the last minute, like at the time that they do the show, you know, they have another uh, participant in that being Dana Brooke, because I do think if you're, if you already have Deanna Perrazzo already left, right. That's the top star that you had in, in your TNA uh, division gone. Then you have um, Mickey James pretty much as well, and then you have Trinity on the precipice of leaving again on going back to WWE. So I think if you were if you were the way I see it, I feel like maybe this is a time they could bring Dana Brooke in and maybe make her a top star because I do think there is a void that that's going to need to be filled in that women's division as far as a new potential top star, and I think someone. Uh, like a Dana Brooke would do just the uh, the trick because she has the the experience. She's she spent time in the WWE for ten plus years. Um, she's never she's easy to get along with. I think she would definitely be a locker room leader for the for the women over there. Yeah, no, again, well said. You know, I am very excited to see Dana Brooke because like a lot of these other guys weren't really getting the love and care and, you know, the TLC that she desperately needed and definitely deserved uh, for her talent. You know, of course, as we always like to make fun of you and, and stuff on the watch logs and tell you, we got your, you know, you got a restraining order from Dana Brooke and everything <laughs> like that. I do know that Dana has that capability, that, that star power quality, that, we know she could really bring to a, you know, veteran style women's division, even though she might not be in many eyes a veteran to some, they might look at her as more of like fresh meat, a more of a rookie to this business when going yeah. into something like a TNA, maybe that's that perfect spot. Maybe that's where we plant the seed and let it grow and become this beautiful crop that could really just harvest something bigger and better and just more exuberant than anything else. And I think where that will be is TNA. Cause like you said, TNA really hones itself on not just its men's division, but that women's division. They do take that TLC care to it each and every week. They showcase it. They talk about it. We have amazing matches. Even Naomi is facing 
um, Grace this Saturday for that mm -hmm. uh, that women's championship match, and we also have eight ladies going at each other for the knockout championship. So right there alone, they're letting a good portion of their roster have screen time, have TV time. That's something that AEW doesn't really do. You know, they'll pick maybe two, four max, and then call it a day, and that's really it. Even in their regular TV shows, they'll maybe do two, one match, and then that's really yeah. it. Maybe a couple of promos here and there, but that's not really the, their focus point. Their focus point seemingly is to be the top men's division in professional wrestling, which, yes, it can be, and it has been, and there's been a lot of weak points and low points and slow points of AEW, yeah. but there's been a lot of highs and great moments and eye-catching stuff as well. But at that same time, you know, having a promotion that's willing to give that 50-50 balance like a TNA, it's nice because then they feel more comfortable. They feel more like I can creatively put in a hard day's work here and feel accomplished and know that my time wasn't just kind of spent unwisely and everything. So I think definitely TNA would be that good spot for her to start off and then maybe move her around. Get her into some house shows. Get her into some other indie promotions. Start working her with other ladies that are rookies now that she's been working with veterans and a veteran herself. So now that kind of gives you a glass half full type of feature for her. And it also brings a lot of eyes on TNA that maybe some eyes have left from its heyday. Yeah. It's it's not a it's not a bad win. It's not a bad choice. So I'm very excited, and I think you're very excited. And I know this Saturday we're going to really be excited because we got hard to kill in the can. We're going to yeah. be talking about TNA in just a little bit, but <laughs> excuse me. Um, ROH, let's talk about it. Okay. Because a lot of people are saying that, of course, since Tony Khan has had Ring of Honor, it's starting to slip. It's starting to fall it's starting to not mm -hmm. feel like ring of honors full future is in the correct hands and of course like myself byron and asa just spoke about just a few days ago with aew's tv deal tony does have a lot to think about here and of course the biggest thing is is roh booking too much for tony khan and should it be a part of this new TV deal coming in 2025. This is the last year that Warner Brothers and AEW will be partnered together for TBS and TNT. So that means Collision and Dynamite. And of course, Rampage are televised shows on those two televised uh, channels. But come 2025, there is a big conversation. Are they going to stay right. with Warner Brothers and maybe become a subscription? Are they going to branch off? Are they going to a different TV network? Will they go to maybe something like a Peacock? Or could they start their own subscription? But let's get to that first half of the question. Is ROH too much booking for Tony Khan when he already has three shows to manage with, of course, a writing team already at hand? Yeah, I, I'm I'm one of those guys that kind of will say, you know, Tony Khan, it's kind of hard for like, you know, to kind of focus on many things at one time and stuff like that. Because, you know, like you said, he has Rampage, he has Collision, 
He has dynamite. He's focusing on building stories between these shows and then getting us to the pay-per-views. So it's like one of those scenarios where it's like, I figure that at some point they do need to have somebody, you know, kind of take over for Ring of Honor because I feel like he's not really giving it as much attention as he should. And 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 to his own to credit, I would say, you know, I give him credit for at least trying, you know, to try to make it what it is. But it's at the same time, it's hard to kind of put emphasis on something if you're focusing on so many things and the way it seems on the outside looking in is he just keeps give more uh his his time and devotion to you know his main focus which is aw not really ring of honor because he's focusing on like i said trying to build up rampage building up collision trying to build up dynamite because you know dynamite is his main thing he's focusing on he's focusing on collision and a lot of the stuff that takes place is happening you know throughout these different shows now, I did recently say something about Ring of Honor. I will say this. What I think should happen is maybe it's, if they do this TV deal right, I think maybe they drop Rampage because I feel like the main two that people really watch the most or, you know, care about watching the most is literally, you know, your Dynamite and then your Collision. Rampage, you have your 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 good episodes, but the most part, it's not really as watchable as the other two. So I would feel like it would be okay to drop Rampage and then substitute that with Ring of Honor going forward, no matter if you decide to keep it on uh, where it is now or if they decide to branch out and be on different TV deals, but still have it be part of it. Because I think when you have them do something like that, it's going to give that that feel of like okay well i'm watching ring of honor it gives more people it's going to bring more eyes because if you really think about it not many people are really watching ring of honor and i have been watching ring of honor for years because i grew up watching ring of honor when cm punk was down there i was watching then but as you see that the evolution of ring of honor when it stopped for a little bit and now them bringing it back so now i really feel like this is an opportunity to kind of put like a whole reset button on Ring of Honor, now it being under the full leadership of, you know, AW. But I think, like I said earlier, Tony Khan can't focus on everything at once. This is why I would say they need to have some type of writing team or he can hire some people or he can get somebody like a Brian Danielson because he loves his Ring of Honor. So maybe you can have him be like a general manager there and kind of focus on like the creative aspect of things. And then maybe if Tony Khan wants to, he could stop in here or there to kind of just give his input. But for the most part, he's just pretty much doing his own thing with AEW. Yeah. I, I think that's a really good point as well. You know, it's a lot. Tony Khan for a while hasn't really had a writing staff, a writing team, a creative yeah. team to really rely on until as of recently, you know, now it's Sanjay Dutton and, and Satnam Singh and a whole bunch of others that are in that writing room with him creating these dynamite stories, creating these promos with these superstars and also still allowing his superstars to kind of create their own lane as well at the same time and making sure it all aligns properly with Tony's vision and his ideas of where this company should go. But again, when you're, you're dealing with something like ring of honor, that's been around for so so long longer than AEW and you know has really captivated many and have housed 
legends like CM Punk, a Rey Mysterio, and Eddie Guerrero, uh, uh, MJF, uh, uh, Adam Cole, you know, Ron like, all, yeah, like there's so many names that have been a part of Ring of Honor that the Briscoes, you know, like, like the list goes on and on. And, you know, some from AEW, even like Adam Page. Um, to me, that needs just as much attention as a dynamite. That needs just as much attention as a collision. And like myself and Byron and Asa were talking about on the last podcast, we were saying, you know, everyone had some really, really great points. Um, you know, I, I do agree. I think it is time to let, like they let Elevation and Dark go, let Rampage go. Have that two-hour time or that hour show before a you know before SmackDown if they're going to keep it on Fridays or if they could get it on Thursdays. I know that the cons are big football fans and own a football team, so they don't want anything to ruin yeah. that opportunity or TV slot. But if they can get it on a Thursday, then that's awesome. You know where they can have it live on TNT, Ring of Honor that many people are going to be kind of intrigued about and wanting to see new fans of AEW are going to want to see this, are going to be wanting to understand what this part of the business is that many people don't really know about. You know, a lot of fans of wrestling are that are fans on the surface level uh, of AEW or WWE. You know, they don't know the mm -hmm. roots of where NWA and Ring of Honor and house shows and in your house and all of those legendary moments and TV shows, WCW nitro and all of that have come from and where all of this wrestling has spawned into these, you know, TV shows that are jaw dropping. I mean, you know, there's promos that are coming out like, like just Jinder Mahal's recently on Monday, 2.1 million viewers yep. in just a promo alone. AEW on a collective of all three shows had to come near that. It wasn't on just one show in its entirety. It was on yep. three shows combined. Like that means something that states something that says something to what it can be. And if you're for a lack of a better words, lackadaisical about the whole idea of only keeping an hour of rampage where yeah there's some good matches and some times where other superstars from ring of honor or new talent can have that opportunity to be on tv forget that put them on ring of honor where yeah. two hours that's a two hours you could showcase a lot in two hours look at what we've done with dynamite We've now gone over to that 10.05, 10.10 slotting because there's so much stuff to do in Dynamite now. Collision is doing the same thing. And it's worth that extra five minutes. It's worth that extra 10 minutes because while we're doing these watch-alongs and we're doing the reviews afterwards here on the channel, we're talking about, I can't believe, like we're it's it's ten o'clock, like and they're still going, and it's it's not like Jesus Christ, like oh my God, I wish it was over. It's shit, like are we getting an extra 10, 15 minutes out of this yeah. because this this better not end. I want more, I want more, and then we tune in, like like tomorrow, tomorrow's homecoming. We have two eight man sure. tags, one eight man and one eight women tag. We also have Sting's tag match. 
We have Ricky Starks and Sammy Guevara. We have Claudio Castagnoli in action against Hangman Page oh, and Samoa boy, Joe in just a commentary section. Like, that alone is exciting. They're back home. They're in Daly's place. They're in Jacksonville, Florida, where it all started for them. So the fact of the matter yep. that they're taking that much time to plan out their shows just for a week ahead, that should be done also for Rampage. On tomorrow's show, we should be hearing about what's coming on for Rampage. And during Rampage, we should hear what's coming on for Collision. Not waiting until Collision to hear what's coming on for next Friday's Rampage or the Battle yeah. of the Belts. Like that, that becomes very weak. It becomes very like, now the show feels like they're just trying to promote the other show because they know they didn't really do much of a build for this one. And when it yeah. comes to that TV deal, Ring of Honor should be a part of it. Ring of Honor's history, its, it's weight, its class, holds more for any type of deal where they can have that opportunity to be on a TNT or on a TBS two-hour slot and have amazing ratings. Like, we could get a lot of brand new people, a lot of returning people, a lot of people from other countries. Like, imagine Vikingo and Commander tag teaming up against brand new guys from, you know, Major League uh, MLW or seeing Riddle yeah. or seeing, you know, uh, Dolph Ziggler or, hell, AJ Francis and people from TNA popping onto Ring of Honor for a match and stuff. Like, that's your forbidden door. Those are your moments those are your draws that people are going to want to see and tune into because True. now you're like fuck like this is this is this is the wrestling i want this is the wrestling i want to see and you know tv wise we don't know we don't know if they're going to go to a, a peacock streaming service we don't know if they're going to stick with warner brothers i know on that media call tony stated that um you know warner brothers and him have a very good relationship yada, 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 and it takes a lot of money to even have him dance around the idea of leaving. But again, with WWE, they'll take it. And like Byron said, they'll be petty enough to put it in the contract where AEW is not allowed on this network if we're here. Yeah. Like, but not they're even already that, going. Though. Yeah, and, and NXT's already going to CW. Yeah. SmackDown's I thing would've... ends in October of this year. Where mm -hmm. the fuck are they going? Some saying USA, which is crazy, you know. And then now, where would Raw go in 2025, 2026? Is that also going to go on? Is that going to stay on USA? So there's two big main shows on USA and one show on on PIX11. Mm -hmm. You know, so I don't know. I don't know. But I mean. Like you Go said, ahead. I mean, even Ring of Honor, I think even something else I, I even said, they could use Ring of Honor as like a developmental, like how NXT was, like how NXT was for main roster. You get some of the people that aren't well known, like you can have some established names that come from other companies, like your ex WWE people, you know, coming up to Ring of Honor to kind of help establish the brand and kind of you use that, that whole show that build up future stars, like for for AW, like your hook, like imagine hook just over in, in Ring of Honor doing his thing. That's a future guy that you can buy, buy into being a future guy in the company. And you have, you know, like your your veterans, like your John Moxley's, like your Brian Daniels, like your Claudio's, like over there kind of helping 
develop these guys and girls for the future of AEW. So now you're you're causing more longevity because now you have new stars being built. Any given month, you got Billy Starks over there doing her thing. Like she is a future women's champion in AEW in front of our TV screens. We're watching it right now for our, for our very own eyes. She yeah. is going to be a future women's champion in AEW. I'm calling it now. You having her with Athena, you having these different, you know, different moving uh, parts in, in Ring of Honor. I would love to see what they can do if they went all in on making this like a developmental brand for AEW. Because I yeah. really feel like a lot of these people who go to AEW, you know, they get lost in the shuffle real quick. Yeah. A lot of people come over. Look, look how long it took for Julia Hart after her uh with the varsity blondes yeah to to finally grow into her own superstar now and she's still growing but that's not a bad thing it's just there's not been a lot of stories look at what they did a perfect a real perfect example is look at how they did jade cargill jade cargill is an absolute megastar she is a fucking champion of champions she could be yeah, the next Trish Stratus, Lita, be Becky Lynch, Bianca Belair, uh, Rhea Ripley. She can be that next generation star to outgrow and develop and train and put over a lot of these women that are wrestling in NXT and in WWE right now. But because mm -hmm. they didn't have anything for her because the women that they were throwing at her weren't put on TV, weren't really put on Rampage, weren't really put on Collision, weren't really developed in Ring of Honor, weren't really developed in any of their indie shows, thrown together last minute, squash match after squash match after squash match. That TBS reign was unfortunate. It was yeah. unfortunate. We knew we didn't even have to watch the match between Jade Cargill and her whoever opponent. We could have did laundry. We could have paid bills. We could have done taxes. Yeah. <laughs> I could have played a full video game story that took 12 hours. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, man. it was so much that I could have done because I already knew what was going to happen. And, yeah. and that alone is a bad thing. That's a negative effect on the yeah. product and the TV product itself. Like, those numbers don't do matter. There was a chart that I saw where when Wheel of Yuta's on TV, like, three-thirds of viewers leave. And... I don't know why. I don't know why. Wow. I don't know why. Because to me, I like Yuta. I think Yuta's talented. But again, he is in the shadow of Danielson, Claudio, Moxley, that we yeah. know already. He's only pure champ because as of now, creatively, he can be because there isn't anybody that's the best option to be. Yeah. So that is a bad thing. It is. Because Not if you put him on a rampage against someone like Commander, who you would think um, is... C Commander brings an eyes. The Kingo yeah. brings an eyes. Any luchador. Look at Penta. Look at Penta. Penta brings an oh, eyes. Yeah. The Lucha Bros bring an eyes. How the hell... Is Wheeler Yuta, the pure Ring of Honor champion, dropping TV ratings a third?
a third in their final hour of showing for the pure match, for a pure title match in pure that's rules. Wild. That's a, that's wild. How? I, I, How you is that said possible? It. And this is something that, that's – and, and I'm a Wheeler Uter fan, and my problem with him is, like, he he wins in Ring of Honor, right? You put right. him on AEW, and every time you have him, you know, be on his own or be, you know, with Blackpool in a, in a multi-man match, they always have him be the one to take the take pin. The pin. So exactly. now in every so now when you think about it, if you're just watching AW and you watch it for like a span of a month and you see what they do with Wheeler Yuta, off the bat, you're gonna um, automatically assume that this guy's a jobber. Right. You're gonna assume this and guy's he's a, a pure jobber. champion. And exactly. Like, I don't understand How do you like what it is. Pure champion of Ring of Honor, a promotion, a company that you own, take a pin because you don't want Claudio or Danielson or Moxley who can afford to take a pin, not take a pin. Yeah. You should let him you be just... pinning. If you want to make a statement for Wheeler Yuta on a dynamite, on a collision, on a rampage, and you're putting him up against or with Claudio and with Danielson or with Moxley, you're going to fucking let Yuta take the win. You're going to let Yuta get the pin because not only is he going to make Moxley or Claudio or Danielson look good, but the fuck like it, it, you could also have him look great going into his next pure match instead of having a basic singles match representing even, the pure title yeah not even just having him even on ring of honor but if you're doing that you're helping build him up as a star so now you can see him go up against like your bigger names in aew and my problem is with tony khan is you know he he we 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 always can sit up here and we can we can say we can talk about what's good, but we got to talk about what's bad. But what he's done for the company, he hasn't really took a lot of time to build correct new stars. We've seen a few of new stars be built here and there, but Wheeler Yuta is a guy that should be in that class, but isn't because every time, like we we said, he is getting pinned every single time, and I feel like that's probably why people tune out is because. Every time you we see a match with him, he's taking a pin. Right. For no reason. And how are we supposed to care about him being a champion in Ring of Honor if he's every time we see him, he's losing? Right. When he That's should why be I call him the guy winning. that works at Target. That's why I call him a Target associate. Oh, because brother. I'm telling you, I'm not, listen, I'm not trying to be funny. I'm not trying, I'm not trying to bring I'm not trying to bring levity to the situation, but it's the truth. Like the guy, guy could probably get better. He could probably be a fucking team lead in Target <laughs> in three months and be running a Target. Taking a pin in, on national television in front of 400,000 people, 300,000 yeah, people watching at home. I was excited when they when they brought him in and seeing what he was doing. They were doing good at, at the first for the first few months. Yeah. And when they had him join. Blackpool Combat Club, smartest decision. They were smartest decision because I'm thinking like, okay, in my mind, they're gonna take this guy to the next level. This right. guy is going to be a future TNT champion in probably a couple months. That that never happened. No, nope. it didn't. Or even an international champion. 
you know, no. you, you figure you figure with that type of booking, you go, oh, wow. All right. Yuta's not doing, you know, he's doing good on the singles run. He's having a good time. This, that, and the third. All right, great. But you know what? Let's get him with some veterans. Let's get him with some really top-tier veterans that I know that I brought in for these type of purposes to really work him over. And let me put him in there, but not do the Dominic Mysterio effect. Yeah. Like, that's what I thought was going to happen. I was like, damn, they're going to have themselves a little mini version of the Judgment Day. But all these guys are going to be fucking elite. These guys are going to be the faction. And it seemed to be in 2023. It seemed to be that way for a good portion. Even in the Blood and Guts match, that match was a good match. But again, yep. you didn't pull the trigger off properly. And that's where... We sit here and we talk about why. Why is it that Wheeler Yuta's dropping ratings? Why is he becoming a jobber with a faction that's elite, that's truly all elite? I mean, Danielson mm -hmm. has Ring of Honor under his belt. Claudio has Ring of Honor under his belt. Fucking John Moxley has Ring of Honor under his belt. CZW, MLW, House of Glory. Like, all of these guys have wrestled in New Japan, for Christ's sakes, and they have star-studded accomplishments with a guy who's trying to be somewhat on that level, but yet you don't even let him get a win? You don't even let him get a, a pin on, on, on anybody? It doesn't have to be a Kenny Omega. It doesn't have to be a Young Buck, but don't let him take a pin on the Iron Savages. Don't no. let him take a pin on the Workhorsemen. Don't let him take a pin on Commander because then you're just putting them under. Yeah, you kind of are. You're just putting you like them under. Yeah, and that's look, not how you put someone over. Cause look what they did with uh, with the catch stuff. Like yeah, twice, they, two weeks, week one beat and Kenny week two. Omega. He yeah. beat Kenny Omega twice. Yeah. This is what I they wanted don't do to really Yuta. But then they don't do anything with him for months. And then what happens? Everybody's on Twitter the week of World's End, and instead of uh, who was it going to be on uh, uh, Kyle um. Kyle Fletcher. Kyle Fletcher. Yeah. They changed it. They were like, all right, everybody wants Kenoshke, so let's put Kenoshke in there instead. And it's like, but well, why? Well, why? Why? Wait, we just had an amazing final battle with Kyle. Like, now we want to see. I don't want to fucking see Kenoshke. I, I like to be building Kyle Fletcher. What? Like, right. Kyle Fletcher is another guy that I feel like, you know, they put the championship on, and I feel like they should have kept him in that match. Right. To further build himself, to solidify himself, it's building of honor. Star, to to solidify, he is going to be the future of AEW because this is a guy within the next three years. I can see him going up up for the world championship. Yeah, he's talented. That match right. that I see, but then it also could have built up Ring of Honor's excitement too. For exactly. Before Ring of Honor's first pay per view is coming up in a few months. What Super do we got working here? We had an amazing women's match to close out the show. The match closed out the show. Billy yep. Starks, Athena. Don't tell me that wasn't a great women's match. You have to be smoking with Tony smoking to be on Twitter to be saying that that's not a Twitter. That's not a class. Like that's not a classic. Come on, come on. Now tell me I'm wrong. Here. Where's the I lies? Mean, Where's the, the ending? Lies? The ending wasn't the best, but outside of the ending, it don't matter. <laughs> was good the match was, was the match was amazing it showcased athena's veteran status 
and will to win. And it showed her putting over someone like Billy that has already been a dominant force in the independent scene and now has been making a name for herself in Ring of Honor. Yep. Like, I, yeah, I'm upset she didn't win. But like re-watching that match with a different set of eyes, it's like I watched an amazing women's oh, yeah. closing match for 2023. And we did. There's no argument there. There isn't. You can't just you can't just There's no like argument that, there. That like she's definitely going to be a future of the women's division. I can't wait for like, it, dude. I can't like, wait to the day she gets that title. Because now they just implemented a television championship, and I wouldn't be surprised if she's the first one to win that title. I'm okay she with that. Get her it. some type of gold, just to see what she looks like with gold on. She's yeah. already won championships in in the indie scene, so mm -hmm. now get her a title that now has a lot more significance. Get her some matches to now work some new girls into there, dude, and then finally work her back up to Athena. Oh. And then I move mean, her up to AEW at some point and let her, you know, mix it up. Have her TBS. TBS. Like, I think maybe Hart and Julia Hart can have a great match. They that could. could be a great match. Honestly, you I, have think Billy, two, I think Billy would stars. really make Julia work. I yeah, like Julia. You have, the, the match can be the story of two rising stars. Took in, they both took two different paths to get to where they're at. You know, yep. maybe like we took the slow build with Julie Hart to get to where she's at. We've seen the progression of, you know, Billy Starks through the Indies and now in Ring of Honor and coming up short against Athena and then working her way back around to yeah. go back after that championship at some point in the near future. Yeah. No, man, absolutely. And exactly my point. And, you know, we'll talk about it briefly, quickly, because this has stuff to do with Tony Khan. Of course, right now, as you're tuning in live, if you've not lived under a rock for the past few hours, uh, Tony Khan's uh, off the Zaza again because he's out here on Twitter talking about how Jinder Mahal is getting a title shot and no one's in an outrage and how Hook is getting a title shot, but everybody's in an outrage. And I'll be honest, and I, I don't want to talk about it too long because we've already talked about it enough in 2023 there needs to be someone that manages tony's phone <laughs> i i was saying to you before off air tony should get a flip phone yeah he needs get a flip tony phone. a flip ASAP. phone get him a razor you know get him a, a sidekick something get him a next tell get him a, like a walkie-talkie next tell you know what i mean and and, and truly or just like, oh yeah get him a pager <laughs> get him something where he can't have any social media on it and that's it and just let him realize that he can't be on social media yeah, because I, this, these, these tweets, these comments, these, you know, little side butts and, and nonsense is just not needed. It hurts the product that he's trying to build so much. And he had a very good starting week. Like, yeah, he, he should did. not be talking about anything. And he has a show coming up tomorrow. Yeah. It's just weird because it's like, when I had seen that, I'm like, in my mind, I'm like, why do you have to just run down your the, the WWE? Like, focus on you. Focus on building your company. I, I get this so many times for, you know, some people want to play sides. They want to say, I'm a team, I'm a, I'm a team WWE or team AW. I'm team wrestling. All day, every day. 
you can watch what you want. Watch what you want. If you like WWE, watch it. If you like AEW, watch it. It's wrestling. It's wrestling. We're it winning. should not be a big deal. People want to make it a big deal about war, brand wars. Like, no, it should not. And, and Tony Khan is like, you're supposed to be a leader. You're supposed to be a leader for your company. And this is what you're doing. Look at everything that's happened in this past year. And I'm thinking, okay, it's a new year, a new reset. Maybe things can change. The same Tony Khan. He's not taking charge. You can't run a company and not take charge. What's going to happen? Your, your talent are going to walk all over you. We've seen it already. We've seen CM Punk and what happened at the, the whole, you know, brawl out thing. If Tony Khan was really putting his foot down, he would have settled that ASAP. He would have settled that ASAP before it went to the length that it did. Right. And, and, it, and it sucks because you literally lost a big wedding draw. I know people talk about CM Punk in a bad negative light all day, but you cannot deny the ratings that he draws. He was a huge contribution to the ratings for AEW, and yep. they lost a huge, tremendous amount of that. Look at what he did when he amongst his upon his return in the in the WWE, a huge ratings boost. Look at what happened. He lost like a five million deal with the with the company, like for at least a TV deal. Like that just shows you like how big of a star he really is, and it sucks that the Tony Khan not taking charge of his talent, he left he let one slip through the cracks. And yeah. it's not safe to say that if this EV doesn't, you know, get a hold of his talent and put his foot down and stop acting like a child, he's gonna lose more talent. He's gonna lose more money. Who's to say if he if this keeps up, you we possibly could be seeing a downward spiral of AEW if he doesn't straighten up and get his act together. Yeah. Like you are like I said, you're a leader. You can't be doing this with your fans and going this back and forth stuff. No. He, it, for a person like that, he doesn't need a phone. He doesn't need a social media. Give him a pager. Give him a flip phone. Get, no, no. Matter of fact, do like I did pigeon. back in the old days. Back in the old days, he sends letters. You can send a letter through the mail. Get him a pigeon. You, you, a pigeon hey, carrier. That too. That too. That you too. know, just I can just <laughs> see him there writing all day long. I can see it. Sparks. Because. It's Fire just, coming off of his pass. Like and he's and he's not spitting anything but pure hot garbage. It's just straight bun. Garbage. Straight buns is coming off of that. Buns extra sesame seeds. Buns yeah, with like, extra sesame seeds. Absolutely. I, I really hope Tony Khan just actually yeah. fixes we'll hope, this problem. Listen, it's the second week of 2024. Everyone's allowed to slip up. I'm gonna call yeah. it that. I'm going to call it a slip-up. But if in a few weeks from now, he slips up again, <laughs> then the man, then the man, man needs a pigeon. Man needs some, some milk, a bed, and a pigeon. And that's he it. needs some milk. And he I will provide it personally. Milk. Absolutely. Absolutely. But let's take a quick break before we get into the best part of the show, at least in my opinion, T. And a, we're going to be talking about the belts. We're going to be talking about the subscription Ooh. service. We're going to be talking about hard-to-kill pay-per-view and what we can't wait to see and talk about. So give us about 30 seconds of your time, 
and listen to NordVPN because they have an amazing exclusive offer for all of my listeners here, of course, on Spotify later on tonight or over here on YouTube. So let's check them all out. Traveling to a restrictive country with internet censorship? If you want to access your country's websites and content you love securely, a VPN is the answer. With just a few clicks, NordVPN changes your virtual location. You can enjoy your favorite websites and services securely, as if you're home. Choose from over 5,000 servers in 60 countries and surf the internet with no restrictions. All right, we are back, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. And of course, if you guys want to be a part on the Last Week in Wrestling podcast. Of course, the best way and easiest way is to tune in live to every single one of our watch-alongs, our pay-per-view watch-alongs, TV show watch-alongs, hell, even the podcast itself over on YouTube, over on Twitch, now over on Twitter as well, or X, whatever we're calling it nowadays. But of course, if you don't have that option, you don't have that capability due to work or whatever, hop over to Spotify and give us a listen there. Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and all your major Spotify and podcasting streaming platforms. I'm telling you now, it is awesome. I use Spotify on a day-to-day basis. I don't listen back to my own episodes. I will say that right now. Once these are done, these are done. That's it. I let everybody else kind of give me the feedback. And of course, there's polls. We've been now starting to do more questions and polls in our Spotify-only listeners. So you, all of you Spotify-only listeners, if you are listening to this podcast later on in the week, please check out the poll. Check out the question. I want to hear your answers so that way we can have them read live here on the show so that way we have even more fun things to talk about and all of that great stuff. But enough of all of that. Let's get into me and Leo's favorite part of the damn show, baby. That's right. It is time for TNA, total nonstop action. Yes, sir. It is back. Of course, we had so, so, so many, so many things come out on the internet. I'm gonna pull up some. Oh, I'm gonna pull up some pictures right now over on Twitter as we talk about this because, of course, not only did we get all of the brand new ideas of a TNA Plus subscription but of course as of these past few days we have been getting the best of the best belt picks that i have ever ever seen in my life look at that i'm already looking at i'm looking at the brand new one right now of tommy dreamers brand new digital media belt we're gonna put this up right now here for everybody else to see look at that bad boy that is look beautiful. at that bea Beautiful new belt that, of course, he's rocking. And, of course, I'm going to show a few more before we get into the topic of conversation because, of course, we got the brand-new tag team belts as well representing highly well ABC. Look at that beautiful red strap. To all of my audio listeners, definitely go check out the YouTube vid for this as well. But definitely check out um, the whole entire show because the show is also so amazing. But – let us get more into the actual belts itself real quick before we get into the subscription-based service of mm-hmm. none other than TNA. So, my guy, past few days, we've been seeing tag team belts, the new heavyweight belt, the digital meter one dropped today. 
Tomorrow we got more. The next day we got more. And, of course, it's all leading up to hard to kill mm -hmm. pay-per-view that we cannot wait. We're going to be doing a live watch along here. Myself, Leo, and a bunch of us are going to be right here on Last Week Wrestling Podcast. We're going to be doing a live watch along, of course, for the pay-per-view itself. So make sure you tune in for all of that. But nonetheless, dude, the belts. Let's talk about the Those belts. Those belts, bro. Those look beautiful. 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 And I know, I think we, we've, we so far, we've seen the tag titles, the yep. digital media. Yep. And that X Division title. Yeah. Oh, let's, my let's go, I'm going to pull that up one right now. I'm going to pull that X Division that title, title up right is now. a beautiful title. You can, yeah. somebody can try to convince me otherwise. Look at that. Look at that. Look at that, T. Look at that X Division belt, baby. Baby, that look at that X Division belt, dude. Easily Woo. one of my favorite championships in all of pro wrestling. And I'm yeah. so interested to see what the, the women's championship is going to look like because I know we're going to be getting that this week. The world yeah. championship is going to be getting revealed. Even the knockouts tag titles for the women getting revealed yeah. this week. Oh, my God. I, I really hope they go all up for the women because these titles have all been fire. Fire. Absolutely fire. The, the, the card looks amazing, which we'll get to in a little bit. But, of course... Dude, like you said, it these belts look absolutely gorgeous. I honestly, my favorite ones so far have to be the tag team title ones. That beautiful red strap with yeah. that silver plating, the red side plates of the world on the side of it. Dude, they look so gorgeous, but that X Division belt is definitely a close. <sighs> Because, my God, my God, it looks so good as well. Dude, this whole entire week has been awesome as a wrestling fan. Just to get the opportunity to see what these brand new 2024 belts are going to be looking like. And, of course, still being defended by the awesome athletes, men and women, come this Saturday. But, dude, let's talk about the subscription service. Because, of course, TNA has recently talked about getting into the streaming service themselves, meaning that, of course, they are going to be doing their own little subscription-based service where you can watch the pay-per-views and, of course, a couple other things on their shows, of course, previous events, full library categories, and so much more. I'm going to pull up the uh, packages in one second, but... You know, you have the special attraction, special attraction annual world championship. And of course, you could just buy the pay-per-views itself. So my guy, Leo, I'm going to pull this up for you right here to talk about this. Because, of course, this is definitely something to talk about right here. As oh, you yeah. see, all the recurring plans, $10 a month that gives you full content library, digital one first content, and exclusive live specials, meaning the live pay-per-views itself, which is awesome. 95 55 uh, 90, 95 99 a year includes full content library digital uh first content and of course exclusive live specials $220 get you all of the 3 plus live pay-per-view events so for $220 get you the live pay-per-view events these exclusive live specials is just live specials that they do 
on the show itself. There's not really pay-per-views, and of course, you can just get the pay-per-view itself if you want for $40.39.99 itself. So, of course, Leo, let's pass it over to you, buddy. What are we thinking when we hear this? What are we thinking when we see this over here? Another subscription service for, of course, TNA. TNA used to be a part of Premier Streaming Network. I believe that that's still going to be a thing unless they're officially leaving that and doing their own thing for themselves. But I want to hear from you between the subscription monthly plans. Is this something that you're interested in or is this something that maybe... I'll just buy the pay-per-view and call it a day. I don't really need to re-watch all the great catalog and everything else in between. I mean, I feel like it's a great idea because I feel like it kind of gives you like that sense of, you know, you know, you have your fans that want to go back and, you know, watch, you know, their favorite moments in TNA history or they want to watch the pay-per-view. So I feel like there is something for everybody to enjoy depending on what you you want, you what you want. And and it, and it kind of gives me the, the the sense of like how the WWE Network used to be. You know, you had access for like $10 a month to the full library. And I love that idea, and I wish they kept it around. But now seeing TNA kind of do the same thing, but kind of adding their own spin on it, it's just it's just really cool to see. Um, I feel like I, for me, being a a TNA fan, I wouldn't, uh, I would definitely be something I would look into, probably whether it's monthly or the pay per views, because I do watch TNA weekly on, on my television, so uh, definitely. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you know, for me, for myself, you know, I, I I watched a little TNA as it was on TV and stuff like that. It wasn't my cup of tea right away and stuff. I know we had legends like Sting, Samoa Joe, Mick Foley, Jeff Hardy, AJ Styles, you know, um, and, and so, so many more. Hardcore Holly, I think, was a part of it at one point for a short period of time. Kurt Angle, Perk Angle in his prime, of course was the big thing, the big thing to do. But, you know, for myself at least, who's just more into the pay-per-view access, that I'm okay with. I'm willing to pay mm -hmm. the $40 yeah. a month or the $40 per pay-per-view <clears throat> to really get my fair shake. You know, I'm right. not someone that's going to be going back and re-watching all of TNA only because I'm already watching MLW. I'm already watching House of Glory. I'm already watching WWE and AEW. I already have a very hefty plate in front of me that yeah. I'm eating each and every day. So, you know, myself for myself, no, it's because I would rather just watch the pay-per-views and see what comes of it. You know, I keep in tune with going on through Twitter and TikTok and stuff like that. And I catch some things here and there from the shows when they're live and whatnot via access and stuff. But generally speaking, I'm not really sitting down to watch it like yourself or willing to sit down and watch and go back to relive those moments that happened back when it was total nonstop action, TNA and everything like that. So for myself, I'm more just excited to get the pay-per-view. I'm excited to buy the pay-per-view via the streaming service and then just calling it a day there and, of course, watching it with you and everything. But I think for fans like yourself who are interested in reliving the glory days, reliving where TNA originally started and how it became 
one of the biggest independent pro wrestling networks of all time on Spike TV. Yeah. yeah, $10 a month, that's not that bad because you're already getting, you know, the library. You're getting the live specials. You're getting this. You're getting that. So for $10 a month, you're already getting a good amount's worth. If you want to go crazy and spend the two twenty for two, yeah, two twenty for the year, great. Because now you also get the live pay per views and stuff as well. That's already included instead of spending the forty bucks per pay per view and everything. I understand that, but at the same time, those are for those specific type of fans. Those are those specific types of people that would like to watch that stuff and beyond. Uh, you know, and everything. So for myself, yeah, I'm more looking forward to just watching the pay-per-view and continuing the way I've been watching TNA lately, which is through a lot of the YouTube videos and clips and highlights and stuff on, on the internet. But definitely an awesome plan. This is something that maybe AEW should keep its eyes on. I know we were just talking about the streaming network and stuff like that for before with AEW. Maybe they should see how this works for TNA going forward because if this works out well maybe and that 2025 they can consider this as a viable option to go forward you know twenty dollars thirty dollars a month you get dynamite rampage collision you get the library of everything including elevation elevation dark plus the pay-per-views plus their anything else that they're doing for aew as well their their new tv show that they have as well and so much more. So I think that alone is more than enough content just to put out there for 10, 20, $30 a month, you know, do like 115 a year. So for those who just want to pay for the whole thing outright and everything, but yeah, you know, we'll, we'll see kind of where this goes for TNA. I hope this works out because again, it's nice that we're getting TNA back. It's not impact anymore. It's back to TNA and we're getting mm -hmm. these beautiful belts. And I mean, the, the card itself looks so, so good. Uh, I see Joe in here as well as uh, maximum talking about how uh, I, yeah, I think if it goes to Warner brothers, it's ridiculous because Warner brothers is owned by Harry Potter and everything uh, and everything. What is WWE and AEW go to Disney? Plus, instead, talking about the AEW stuff. It is possible. I don't think they would go to Disney only because Disney already has Hulu and Marvel and already has a lot yeah. on their load and stuff like that. And, of course, Maximus says, short answer, yes, someone needs to take over Ring of Honor, but AEW needs a new booker. I do think the same as well if, yeah. these, if this behavior of Tony Khan continues on for sure. Um, Warner Brothers could do it. Uh, they made a lot of money from doing it, uh, doing lots of movies. Harry Potter was the movies itself. That is true. And of course, Amazon Prime, someone was recently talking about what about that for WWE? Yeah, I heard that too. I didn't really yeah. read too much into it. Um, I, I, I should have, but I didn't. Um, again, I don't think Amazon is going to be where WWE is going to be going to because they... I feel like they have worked so hard to be a TV staple channel and a, pro yeah. and a and a company that now at this stage of the game, going to a streaming service where you'd have to either pay to watch that or, you know, rewatch it on reruns. It's not something they want to do. Yeah. That's another reason why they don't really keep up to date with their Peacock 
channel, uh, you know, library itself with their recent shows. It takes like a month to get all the old ones back on, you know, on the actual thing to catch up as well as for Hulu uh, too. So I don't think AEW is going to be going to prime necessarily, but you know, I, maybe Warner brothers is where WWE could land. If AEW doesn't pick them up uh, again for another five or 10 years, let's say so. But that's, uh, that's enough with that. Let's talk about, of course, now TNA hard to kill pay-per-view card. Let me pull up the card for you, buddy, because of course we have a lot, a lot of matches coming up here for TNA. This is going to be one hell of a card itself. We have, of course, a no disqualification match between Crazy Ricky, I believe his name is. I'm going to try to find it really quick. We have, of course, a no disqualification match against Crazy Ricky and Crazy Steve. Sorry, Crazy Steve and Tommy Dreamer. And that is in the countdown show. As well as in the countdown show, we have Eddie Edwards and Brian Myers with Manisha. I think that's her name. Edwards. Or Nisha Edwards against the TNA yeah I think that's original. her I think this yeah, yeah I think that's a Nisha it's a Nisha okay um yeah. and then TNA Originals Eric Edwards and Frankie Kazarian in tag team action as well as Rich Swan versus Steve Macklin in a countdown show as well and that yeah. portion of the show is going to start at 7 p.m. Eastern time and then of course. The main card itself. I know that there's a whole entire card list because that's how I did it for the. And that's not even including the potential debuts or returns we could be potentially getting. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I'm so sorry. I should have been a little more prepared for this, but I am not. I'm trying to scramble here. We have PCO in action. Yeah, we have a lot. We have Mm -hmm. a lot. So one of the matches is a. Fatal four way for the uh, uh, TNA World Tag Titles. You got ABC, you got the Rascals, you got the Grizzled Young Veterans, and you got Mike Bailey and Trent Seven. Now that right there is going to be a great match. Yeah, great match. Yes. Now that's going to be absolutely fire. We also have for the main event is going to be Alex Shelley versus Moose. For the TNA World Championship. For the Women's Championship. We have Trinity versus Jordine Grace. For the Knockout Women's Championship. We have a triple threat. For Chris Sabian, Kushida. And of course, El Hido Velkingo. Is going to be in action. And like you just said. ABC, The Rascals, Grizzled Young Vets. Mike Bailey and Trent Seven in action as well. We got PCO as well in action. We also have another big match. Alex Hammerstone versus Josh Alexander in singles competition as well. Man, oh man, this card is just getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And of course, the thing that just was announced, I believe today, two hours ago, DJ Who Kid and AJ Francis will debut their new music video, for we outside that is right aj francis rapper and and wrestler and dj who kid longtime g unit dj for a very long time part of interscope records 
is going to be on Hard to Kill, debuting his brand new music video with AJ Francis, aka Top Dollar, in mm -hmm. Hard to Kill. My guy, what matches are we excited for the most here? I mean, I'm looking forward to a lot of different matches. The, the tag team match, because I love me some grizzled young veterans, uh, seeing what they do. Uh, this is one of the places I actually predicted that they would go if they were to leave the WWE. And the fact that they're here, I feel like they're going to make a lot of noise in TNA because I feel like they value tag team wrestling, just like FTR value tag team wrestling. And yeah. it, and the thing is, they're going to be doing a lot of great stuff because they have so many potential matchups there. And, and even like, we even we talked about it, I think even off air that ultimate X match. I think it's supposed to be like six women that's been already confirmed. And I have the names here: Tasha Steeles, Alicia Edwards, Giselle Shaw, Jody Threat, Zaya Brookside. For those who don't know, she was part of NXT UK. And you have Danny Luna. You have future stars in this company. You have someone like a Tasha Steeles who's won this match twice already. And was looking to go for it for the third. You and this is not even because we can't we can't even talk about it. Because here's the thing: think about it. We we still are like a couple of days away from the show, so anything can happen. I wouldn't be surprised if they wouldn't add another person in this match because you know TNA is going to want to make this the biggest show that they can possible. They're going to have some some people come over from the X WWE releases to show up on the show. You can't like it's gonna happen. From all different aspects, I can see somebody like a Dana Brooke, like we were talking about earlier, possibly be a surprise entrant for this match. I can that see her be being wild. a surprise entrant and then show up and potentially win this match. Because whoever wins this match are going to be one step closer to the Women's Knockout Championship. And the way this whole thing works, it's just like how Money in the Bank works. They get the cash in whenever they want. So this is going to make things even more interesting with the women's division because now you're going to get to see new stars be built up and even established stars in the company. And I feel like maybe this is the reason why TNA or Scott Demore was like, you know what? I want to make it a surprise for whoever shows up. I'm going to announce all the people that's going to be in this match to throw people off to make you think like I'm done. And then when we get to the show, we get a surprise entrant. It could be Dana be a Tennille Dashwood because I know she might want to go back to TNA. She has a lot of unfinished business with TNA because she was a big star over there. So hopefully right. that this is what. But I think the the Ultimate X match is one of my favorite matches that I'm looking forward to the most. Yeah, the Ultimate X match for sure. Josh Alexander, Alex Hammerstone, they go way back. Dirty Dango, PCO is going to be fucking wild and graphic. Alex Shelley versus Moose for the TNA World Title, unbelievable. But I think. One of the matches that I am most, most excited for is this X Division title match between Chris Sabin, El Hio Del Vikingo, and of course Kushida, recent signing to TNA. Brian Myers re-signed with TNA as well, so we'll see him in action. But this TNA X Division match is going to be unbelievable, man. Yeah. Unbelievable. I cannot wait to see who or will that champion retain his belt, that being, of course, Chris Saban, who is our current X Division champion right now. Mm -hmm. You know, Vikingo is coming from AAA, Luchador style in Mexico. 
you know, we also have Kushida coming from none other than New Japan. Unbelievable. We yeah. have the card of cards. We have a total of one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten matches. One, two, three of them are um on the countdown, yeah. On the countdown hour. And then it's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven matches on the main show itself. This is going to be a hell of a show. This is going to be a hell of a pay-per-view. I'm so it excited. Is. I'm so excited for this. I definitely am excited for, of course, none other than um, um, that Trinity versus George Grace TNA Knockouts World Title. That X Ultimate X match with all those beautiful ladies. Amazing. Seeing possibly Dana Brooke add to that. Woo! Fire. I'll be honest. The only thing I'm not looking forward to is this whole AJ Francis, DJ Who Kid music debut. I mean, thing. And, I mean hey. I, think, I mean, it and, and here's it could be thing. really good. It could be really good, but. And who's to say? Because I remember we, 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 we briefly touched on Dana Brooke earlier. I feel like maybe she, one of the things with her problem is she was so scripted and maybe going to a, a different environment where she will be less scripted and able to show her charisma and her her personality a little bit more than she was able to in WWE would definitely help her a long way. Because it, it's always one of these type of scenarios where people talk about all the time. Maybe some people are would thrive better in a different environment where they're less scripted and able to show more of their personality compared to a WWE when you're pretty much scripted except for like your top stars who are getting bullet points, which right. I feel like they should do for the most part for all of their superstars. I feel like yeah. all their superstars should have an opportunity to, to be able to display their personalities and that helps them stand out amongst everybody, you know? Yeah. And I feel like she was just a prime example of maybe this is the prime, the prime opportunity for her to show who she really is and what she really can do. Yeah, no, absolutely. Ten matches. It's going to be a hell of a car. It's going to be a hell of a night. 7 p.m. is when zero hour starts for them. It's going to be 6.30 for us for when we start our watch along. We're going to start 30 minutes before showtime because we want to talk about some more of our excited matches, things that could have happened by then, maybe some additions, maybe some brand new matches, whole bunch more to talk about. Of course, that... The uh, digital media title match is a no disqualification, which is Tommy mm -hmm. Dreamer's wheelhouse. No DQ matches. Born in ECW, raised in yep. the jungle with ECW. That's going to be crazy against none other than Crazy Steve. I can't wait. I can't wait just to see the new belts. I can't wait to see these athletes. I can't wait to see winners. Like This match is going to be so, so yep. good. I'm so excited. Definitely check it out. Check in to that. It's going to be $40 for everybody via Fight or Triller TV. Of course, if you sign up for the $220 a month, uh, a year uh, uh, plan with TNA Plus, you will get this pay-per-view for free, as well as all the other pay-per-views that they do as well. But of course, besides that, uh, you can watch it via Fight or Triller TV, or you can buy the pay-per-view on TNA's website, by itself for $40 as well, which I will be doing. So that way I know I can enjoy this hell of a show. 
But of course, that is going to be it for us today. Thank you, of course, to my guest, my guy, my my uh, my partner in crime here this evening, none other than Leo. But Leo, we're not going to let them all say goodbye to you to know what's going on. If you got anything big planning and whatnot happening on your channel over with Kicking It with Leo. And of course, if you're brand new and you don't know who I'm talking about or don't know who he is and haven't seen him on the watch-alongs, I don't know what to tell you. Maybe you're not watching the correct watch-alongs, <laughs> but go down in that description and make sure you check him out. But Willie, 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 Leo, tell uh, <laughs> tell the good people what's going on. So uh, if you guys don't know, I am Kicking Early. I am a wrestling content creator. I've been doing this for about two years now. Uh, coming up on three years in October. We'll make three years since I've been doing YouTube full time. Um, I, uh, one of the things that I'm doing this week is I've been doing since we're in the month of Rumble. I've been doing some Roy Rumble um, quiz videos, testing my knowledge on the Rumbles for whether it's winners, runner ups or final fours. I already did a three part series. So that's up on the channel. Uh, be on the lookout for TNA um, videos this week for TNA Hard to Kill predictions. Uh, I will be doing a live uh, version of it, and I will be doing a regular video of it. So you're going to get two different versions of my predictions. So if you guys don't want to watch uh, my live stream when I do it, you can watch the regular video. So you have a little bit of a little bit of uh, choices there. And then catch me on Friday because we're going to be talking about uh, hard to kill even more and then we're going to be going full on with the predictions and everything like that and the actual live stream itself which i'm very excited for starting off the new year in a great way tna going back to their roots tna is going to be a non uh it's going to be a non-stop action filled card yeah absolutely and of course like leo just said friday this friday here at last week of wrestling podcast we are going to be doing a predictions pod for none other than Hard to Kill. It's going to be myself, Leo, and of course, a couple other amazing, awesome people. Of course, tomorrow is AEW Dynamite Watch Along right here, 7.45 Eastern on the best podcast out of Long Island. Hey, that's what MJF says, so I'm going to run with it. Nonetheless, we have, of course, besides that on Wednesday, Thursday, we have our first ever. It is a brand new show. Myself, Asa, Byron, and Leo are doing calling who is booking this shit that is the title of the show byron i love that fucking name buddy it is going to be myself and all of the guests like i said we are going to be talking about the royal rumble we're going to talk about creativity we're going to talk about what the show is going to be about and of course this in layman's terms is going to be a monthly show that happens twice a month a few weeks prior to the pay-per-view and then the week of the pay-per-view we are going to talk about all of the storylines that are happening, as well as our takes on how they should do the stories differently. And then, of course, on the week of the Rumble, how we would actually book the Royal Rumble itself. And, of course, we'll do this as well for Elimination Chamber, and we'll also try to do this for AEW as well going forward. I know there's a little bit of a issue because I will be going to Revolution this year, so February is going to be very tight on time. When trying to get all of that type of content out. So we'll have to figure out something. But nonetheless, you know us. We're going to figure it out. And we're going to get it for you guys. So that way you guys can enjoy. And of course, there will be polls for the week of the Rumble. As well as for TNA and any other pay-per-view or watch-along that we do here. Over on Twitter. Over on Instagram. So go ahead. Hit that link in the description. Over on my YouTube channel or on my Twitch page. 
Twitch or uh, Twitter page as well. And make sure you follow all the social media stuff so that way you can make sure you stay up to date and vote in the polls. Join the Discord channel that's also in the link before. And, of course, if you are listening via Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or Google Play, or any other major streaming platform, make sure you leave us some reviews. Make sure you leave us some stars, some kumquats, some amazing turnbuckle bumps, whatever you want to leave. Leave it there so that way we know that you guys are enjoying the show. And, of course, we shall see you next time, Leo. Thank you so much, buddy, for coming on. I appreciate it. And we will see you tomorrow night for AEW Dynamite. If you're listening to this tomorrow or later on tonight, we are going to be doing Dynamite. Watch along right here on Last Week in Wrestling Podcast. Do not tune away. And, of course, thanks again to our partners in Crime, Main Event Network, and NordVPN. All of their links and stuff are down below, so definitely check them out. But that's it. We're done. Goodbye, everybody, and we'll see you tomorrow night for AEW Dynamite. Start to feel like I'm dreaming, mind to the scene, that look on my face. But I'm so low-key, I'm an anonymous G that I left no trace. But when I step one foot in the room, I'ma set this pace. I feel like king of the hill and they're never gonna take my crown. That's the type of my town, better rise up when I shut this down. I feel like king of the hill when they're never gonna take my crown.